Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed. Scarlet Crew mornings. Here we go, guys. Off to a great start this morning. Very chilly. Winter is officially upon us. Did you see some flurries over the weekend? Yes, I did. Any of it stick? No. That was cold. It was that was really cold. cold. I want to say hi to the Boom Crew that was out at um, Grace Point, and it was awesome to meet so many of you and sign a bunch of books and hear amazing stories about what God's doing in your life. It's so rich. He's out there with Andrew Wilson. He's just an amazing guy. Uh, Junie was out there, a midday announcer as well. But I got to tell you, this um, this Andrew Wilson guy that we work with here, this church relations guy. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That dude is a servant. They're super early, busting his tail, helping me out however he can, and sticking around until we walked out together. I mean, he's just a dude. He's just an amazing guy. Yeah. Just a servant heart. I, I don't know what else we to say about We got to bring him on air soon so you have a chance to meet him. Boom Crew, you got to meet this guy. Anyhow, we're talking this whole week about bold steps. And uh, coming up here in a moment, I want to talk about some bold steps that are going to, how do I say this? These need to happen. You cannot live out one verse unless this bold step happens. You can't. And it's the commandment that Jesus gave, a brand new commandment. When Jesus says, I give a new commandment to you, don't you think we ought to listen? Oh, yeah. So he gives this new commandment, and then it, it's, it requires one thing. And it requires proximity, for sure. Yep, go to church, but don't just go to church, be the church, but it's even more than that. I want to illustrate it for you coming up here in a moment. We had a bunch of our leaders get together yesterday for a big lunch after church, and uh, boy, did we have a come to Jesus meeting. Ooh. In yeah, a good way? In a power, powerful way. Good. Very sweet moment. I'm going to have to veil some of the details, but what happened there was awesome. There was probably not too many dry eyes in that room. Oh. One of those moments. We'll tell you about it coming up. One of the boldest steps you can take in life is to get engaged in community. I know it is tough. And when I'm talking about being engaged in community, what we're talking about here is Moving out of this very isolated world. The longer I'm kind of coming out of this post-COVID funk, the more I'm realizing as a pastor, whoa, people are hurting out there. What do you? What makes you say that? What are you seeing? You know, I went to this event on Saturday um, where I spoke in Naperville. And part of what I learned is, first off, there's a lot of folks out there listening. And I told them, you know, I've sometimes we sit here on air and go... <laughs> Anybody? Home? Hello. Hello. <laughs> but no, there's a ton of people out there and and they're growing and going with God. But there's a lot of people who are living lives. And I don't even want to say just unplugged from church because plugged in can often mean um, I'm serving somewhere. Sure. Well, that doesn't mean you're connected. I mean, you can serve till the cows come home. We talk about that a lot around here, but and not know anyone or be known. But um, I'm blown away at how many people are. We're in such a different world today, guys. I mean, this this post-COVID, post-Christian world where morality 
and is on decline and violence is on an incline. This is a weird world. I, I'm I'm not overstating this right now. This I'm telling you, this is something is going on in our world today. And I'm not I'm not I don't have some dramatic prof- prophecy or I'm just saying this is a different world we live in, Allie. Sure. It's so different. Now, how do you what's the biggest difference you see as far as like what we're talking about today? I think the biggest difference is people have this huge want to factor, but they feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And they may not even identify it as such. But when you start digging a little bit, you realize people are alone out there, really alone. And you can't grow spiritually when you're alone. You just can't. Um, Coming up in a minute and a half, I want to illustrate this for you in a really cool way. And I'm going to veil some things and I may change. How do do they say that in in uh, in. Dramatic movies, oh, the like names, names have changed change to protect the protect. innocent. Yeah. yeah, so I may change some names here in some situations. But there was not, I was, it was just like a holy moment. There was not a dry eye in the place. This is at a leadership gathering that we had yesterday at 180 Chicago. And I want to tell you kind of what went down that proves our need for community. Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. It's a risky thing to be known, but we got to take a bold step into the church. Matter of fact, um, we're really talking about the the need to live without masks. I brought brought on Bruce McNichol, co-author of The Cure and Bo's Cafe and about Ascent of a Leader and Healthy Teams. Great dude. We've had him on the show here before. I brought him on on Zoom into our message uh, to help us understand how to pull down masks. And he... I asked the question, what do you do when you've pulled down your mask and you've been burned? And we're talking about not the COVID masks. No, I got to say <laughs> You got to clarify. We're the talking about the masks that we pretense. all wear. Yeah, the we all. To kind of disguise who we really are. Yeah, we didn't start wearing masks during COVID. We've worn them a lot longer than that. Just sure. they've been spiritual. And, you know, he said, we've got to take that risk. Because what's the alternative? To live in secrecy or not being known? Finding no help? Can't do it. And uh, there's living in secret or not being known is just debilitating. And you see it, people, all the time. You see it yourself, Boom Crew, right now. And uh, being known and having people that afford you the grace to grow is, is a beautiful thing. So we're talking today about that bold step that you make getting into the church. But it's more than just jumping onto a team or getting into a small group. It's really letting your heart be known and laying it out there. And I had this happen in a unique way. And so I did something yesterday at church that was really different. I got the permission from a woman in our church to share the 70-minute conversation I had with her on the phone. Oh, wow. About four weeks ago. Okay. And the way this went down was I called her because she felt hurt about being overlooked for something. And I got a word from another guy in our church. He came up to me, great dude. He comes up and he says, hey, I'm not going to give this girl's name. I'll call her. Let's call her Tina. Um, and he said, hey, Tina is really hurt. Walked out of here hurting today. Just looks so discouraged. Oh. Could you give her a call? Well, I gave her a call and I, I'm going to use the word Tina. I just, Tina, what's going on? I wanted to hear from her mouth. And she began with. I just felt like 
I'm going to be rejected the rest of my life, mm. and no one's ever going to want me. But here's what happened. We dug down and down and down, and with each new layer that I would ask her, because I felt like the, the issue really never is the issue, and there's always more down there somewhere. And this hurt sure. feelings up here is a result of a hurt heart down here. Mm -hmm. And so we dug and dug and dug. We went through about five major life events and got it all the way down to an 11-year-old girl that had something painfully tragic happen to her. And I said, I am so beyond sorry. Mm -hmm. We had a holy moment, and it was unbelievable. And I took a risk with her. And I said, you know what? We've got this. We want our church to be a real new commandment church, which is out of John 13, verse 34, a new commandment. I give to you, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And I said, would you be willing to let me interview you through an abbreviated 70-minute phone call in front of our leaders? And she said, Pastor, I'd be happy to do that. But could I bring some tissue? Oh, and she brought some tissue, and she was a champion. What was your objective in wanting to um, interview her for the leaders? One objective. And this is what I said. I said, a typical approach for someone like this is to say, I understand you were hurt about being overlooked for something. Find out. Yep. I was. Could I pray with you? Leave it at that. Now, let me tell you why that's a miss. Okay. Because behind that hurt of being overlooked mm -hmm. is something that precip that didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, there's something even deeper than that. Yeah. Because sometimes we can be overlooked for things and it's all right. We're going to make it. But there was a level of pain involved around this thing. That led me to, there's another deeper question going on here. Sure. Dug a little deeper. And it got into some personal and specifics I don't want to get into right now, but it was, whoa, that's serious. So what's the reason for that? Mm -hmm. And so I went a layer deeper. And with each layer deeper, she would chuckle and she'd go, oh, are we going here? <laughs> and I'd go a little bit deeper, all the way down to an 11-year-old girl who had some deep, deep pain. And here's why this is so important. You know, it's, I think what we're doing, what we've done in the church is we've, uh, we've had very surface, hello, how are you conversations? And a lot of that is because people are scared to death. They've hung their stuff out with people before and they've been burned, right? Right. But I got to tell you guys, and I need you to hear me from the bottom of my heart. The church is filled with good people who want to hear your heart and you want to hear others' hearts. And if there's a bold step that needs to be taken, we boldly step back into the church and we boldly step into the lives, into the stories of other people. Because I'll tell you something, I'm calling her Tina. I can't screw up and call her a real name. When Tina got done, the place roared. Hmm. In fact, I asked one girl to come up and pray over her. And she, she comes up, her name's Alexis. I said, Alexis, come up and pray over her. And uh, we both had our arm around her shoulder. And, and poor Alexis, she's just sobbing, oh. trying to cry for, uh, pray for, pray for this girl. But it was, 
It was a beautiful thing. And here's what's beautiful. She's going to be loved like she's never been loved before because she is fully known among safe people. And if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, we got to take some bold steps into this thing, and it isn't always easy. So I think the question is, how do you apply that? How do you do that for someone? How do you be on the receiving end? Because I don't think most people know where to even start. Like, so do I call my pastor and say, hey, pastor, ask me some questions. Let's uproot some deep stuff. Yeah, I think um, I think you might be on to something there. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, so we're going to kick this around here because here's the reality. And, man, I my heart goes out to you. There are so many of And, by the way, no one ever is immune to this. All of us have times in our life when we need to know. We need to know and be known at a deep level because we're carrying something that we just can't carry alone. Right. And the question is, how do we do that? One of the boldest steps you can take is to... Begin to open up your heart to someone, someone that you trust. And uh, text came in. They said, well, not every pastor can talk to every person. That's that's a given. And I think most people understand that. As a matter of fact, even talking to this young lady at our church, she she knows that not everybody can dig deep on stuff. Right. She gets that. Most people do, unless they're really, really hurting and or carrying some bitterness toward the world. But the question is, if you know you've got some deep, deep pain, where do you go? And how do you get known? If someone's not quickly coming up to you, digging deeper in your story, what do you do, Allie? <laughs> this is a good question. I, I don't know that I'm totally sure. I mean, so here's the questions I would ask about your question. Because I've been in small groups before, uh, where sometimes you're on a topic or there's a passage of scripture and it's clear that somebody needs some space to share. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it can feel like oversharing for the moment. And then you have a room full of people who don't really know what to do with what's being shared, but there's somebody who obviously needs to get some things off their chest, but the rest of us, and I'll include myself and us kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable. What do we do? This feels awkward. This wasn't what we had planned. And maybe that's maybe that's wrong of me to feel that way. But I'll be honest in saying I've been in those groups before where it feels like somebody is almost dominating with sharing and nobody wants to stop them because clearly there's a need, but it doesn't feel like the right time, the right place. Leadership's everything, isn't it? In sure. a situation like that, you got to have leadership that steps in and knows, whoop, we got to we got to kind of slow this down uh-huh. and maybe take this to another place. Sometimes the group is eager and ready to help that person unpack that at that moment. Right. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day on that one, it may be a little bit tangential, but boy, you got to have good leadership that can read a room and know what's going on. Is this an appropriate time to be unpacking this? Is this person dominating this a thing that the Holy Spirit's bringing? Yeah. Or is this something that we ought not be doing? So we got to have wisdom on that, don't we? Oh, yeah, because we don't, whether you're the person sharing or you're the person listening, we want to be, we want to move toward one another in love. And man, relationally, it gets hard sometimes. It's hard. There's no, I, I know that there's no hard, fast answers to handling these kind of relational dynamics. For sure, having leaders that have 
emotional intelligence and they know how to read a room and they understand when, whoa, everybody here is ready to jump in and help this person in this moment. We aren't going to get derailed forever. It's not going to become about this person forever, but this is a holy moment to love one another. That's powerful. But sometimes leaders have to be able to say, you know what, we're going to have a sidebar conversation on this one. And we're going to keep rolling here. I don't think I answered your question. I think your question is still out there of how. How do we do this? How do we get known? How do we know other people? Yeah. How in the world does that work, Boom Crew? We're called right here, John 13, 34. I love this. A new commandment I give to you. They made whole songs about this one verse, by the way. Oh, yeah. That you love one another. Alaska version. Have loved you. Alaska Alaska version. (laughs) A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. How in the world are we going to do it? It's Carl and Crew Mornings helping you take your next step with Jesus. We're talking bold steps all week long. And this is a tough one, but it's a good one. Because going to church is very important. My bride's great at telling me, man, you, because I, my mantra used to be, don't go to church, be, the, be church. the church. And she goes, bub, a lot of people can get that first one down pat and kind of the, misunderstand. Oh, don't go to church. Okay. All right, Pastor Carl, I got that one. No, but going to church is a good start, but being the church is everything. And we talk about that a lot, but what's it going to take to be the church? We got to take some bold steps in. And sometimes we got to risk it and say, Man, I got some things I need to talk about here. And I think it starts with finding a place within the bigger church. Now I'm talking about your local church where you are a part of a smaller group. And this could look like a actual small group if that's what your church does. This ministry teams, serving teams, whether you're volunteering to serve with the youth or the childhood ministry, the early childhood ministry, finding a group where you're kind of sectioned off. Into smaller groups, because I don't think really knowing each other can happen on a Sunday morning in the big service. Boom. Can't do it. So I mean, I it's, step one is getting into a smaller group. I mean, we do this thing called um, Who in the World Are You? And it is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So we we picked uh, which is what is your favorite Chicago in Chicagoland invention? And so we had six different options up there. From iPhone to brownies to, I forget what they all were. That's a great question. Um, to Ferris wheel to skyscrapers. What was your favorite d- invention? And go tell five went record today that on Sunday. I said, go tell five people and give them your name. Now that's buzzing and it's fun and it's yeah. wild, but it's not a place to go. Oh, by the way, I've got some deep ache and pain from when I was in uh, eight years old and my There's dad some some said something reckless to me. Some things I'd like to open up about right now. And that's just not how it happens. No, we, we it's all not. That. It, it, we don't share like that. Sharing happens in a space where you feel like you're safe. Or a space where you feel like there's somebody who wants to receive what yeah. you have to say. Yeah. Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. So when we live the new commandment, love one another as I've loved you, look out, Katie bar the door. And sometimes it happens like uh, somebody's trying to figure out the acronym here. Did Mother of multiples. No? Close. We should have a little guessing game here. <laughs> M dot O dot M dot. 
<laughs> Mother of multiples. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is good. All right. What is it, Allie? Well, it stands for Moms on Mission. Moms on Mission. And this was a ministry uh, that I was a part of at my church for a couple of years. Started off just attending, and it was a round circle of folding chairs in the basement of an old church. And we No would... table between you? Just nope. a just oh, wow. folding chairs. And then as that group started to grow, it went from, you know, a handful of moms in the same season of life to a bigger group of moms in all seasons of life. Moms of little kids, moms of school age kids, moms of adult children, moms of our grandmas. So we thought, how do we best organize this group? There was clearly a desire. Moms were showing up on Friday mornings for connection, uh, to hear the word, to worship together. So the leadership team, we got together and we decided we want to help people People connect and share and grow and get to know each other. So what we would do, we would have a you know a typical service where there'd be some time of worship together and then uh, sharing of the word. But then we had tables, round tables, maybe six to eight tables in a room with six to eight people around each table. Each table had a trained facilitator. These were moms who had stepped up to say, "Hey, I want to I, I want to facilitate a table." They went through some training. How do, what are some counseling techniques? What are some group leading techniques? How do I make sure that I am prepared? My heart is prepared before the Lord to lead these women. So they went through training and then they would show up on Friday mornings. Actually, no, they would show up on Thursdays the day before and we'd have a time of prayer to pray for the meeting. That was another important component. And then these women coming from all different walks of life, would get around the table and they would have some questions that they would go through. In the middle of each table, this was really funny, Carl, you'll enjoy us. There was a little laminated placard that had uh, table manners. Love that. So these were rules that were agreed upon. And let me read these rules to you. Oh, you've got them. I, I found them. I went through old emails and I found these oh, table nice. manners. So everyone contributes. Talk only about yourself. Be respectful. Support one another, not fix, and no gossip ever. So when the table facilitator would start the group, they would go over these table manners and say, these are the expectations. And then they'd throw out a question. That's really good. And the conversation would start to build. There were often tears. There would be times where one person would clearly have a lot on their heart. The message had to touch them in a different way. And you would see, look over and see hands being held and a hand on a shoulder and uh, people being prayed for. And what we saw was this, this group that was kind of big. It grew to be maybe 60 plus women. Connections were forming. Women were forming friendships that extended past that Friday morning. Women were reaching out to each other to encourage each other during the week. Women were being known in a way that just wasn't possible on a Sunday morning. How beautiful is that? It was such a special ministry. It, I've never experienced anything like it in all my years in church. That little season, I was a part of this Moms on Mission for about three years, and it was this one of the sweetest times of ministry I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Where's Allie at? So, Allie, take it away, sister. Okay, I'm going to give you two jokes. Oh, wow. Hopefully, at least one of them will make you smile. Can you make one last until after news, or do you need to tell them back to back? Well, it's up to you. It's always good to have a backup in case the first one doesn't land. Well, could I let you know if the first one lands or not? Or okay. Would... okay. All right, so give us the first one. Uh, what did one hat say to the other? What did one hat say to the other? My hat's off to you? Yeah. That's... You stay here. I'm going on ahead. 
Okay, I have a video. That one is actually she great. She out in everything. She put her hands to her mouth and. No, hey, no, that's actually you great. Have to deliver. That's actually deliver. great. Did that one land or do I need oh, another? Oh, that was great. Was hold on to the hold on to the. I got, I got one It's cringy. I know. I don't but. know why that struck me as so pink and funny. Oh. Okay. That was good. Okay. I think you. I think Superdad's right. It's a drama queen in here, flashing. Throwing her arms around. <laughs> I had to record you know. her saying these things. Oh boy! Okay. Tell it to your kids. I'm going you on might get a smile yeah. or an eye roll, but either uh, way, it's worth it. Oh, hold on. All right, guys, uh, coming up here just a moment. David Nelms, we're talking about bold steps all week long. There's nothing bolder and more encouraging than hearing these guys that are going around the globe sharing the gospel in ways that, here's what it does. It gives us a vision for what could be here in Chicago land. Coming up, David Nelms. Boy, we got a special guest with us. His name is Dr. David Nelms. He's the founder and president of the Timothy Initiative, which started in 2007 as a church planting training program. He received a Master's of Arts here at Moody Bible Institute. So he's an alum. He's an alum. Good to have you with us, David. Carl, I am so excited to be back on the Moody campus. I love this place. Yeah, I know you do. And God is using you, my friend. Uh, before we even, we just gave the quick overview of your what you do, but really what you do is your church planting. What is God doing through the Timothy Initiative? Give some of those big numbers that are just mind-blowing. Yeah, well, there are movements taking place all over the world. Do you remember experiencing God? Yes, Blackaby. Uh, yeah, he told us, find out where God's moving, blessing. And, and join them. Join them. Instead of asking God to bless what we're doing. Yeah. And that's all we did. We just kind of stumbled on what God was doing. Really? There are these movements taking place around the world. And a movement, the, to be a, the definition of a movement is 100 churches wide, four deep. In other words, churches that start churches that start churches that start churches. Okay. At least 100 of them, all led by indigenous local people. And it's done in a relatively short period of time, two, three, four years. There's about 1,300 of those movements being tracked around the world right now. Most of them are in Asia, Africa, some Latin America. I think one in all of North America, one. So it's, but it's happening all over the world, and we get to be a part of that. Okay, really quick here. How many churches are you wanting to plant in the next year with the Timothy Initiative, and you say it's within reach? Uh, at least 30,000. Does that shock you, Allie? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay, how does this, how does this happen? I mean, what's the—take us back to 2007 when you had the vision for this. Yeah. What's, what's the kind of that baseline that gets this going and keeps it going? Well— Allie, first, I'd say if it didn't shock us, we ought to, there's something wrong with us. Okay. Either that or we're lying. Okay. It right. would have shocked me 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, you know, the, when you look at the scriptures, when you look, the book of Acts is my favorite book in the mm-hmm. Bible. And I don't, I used to see making disciples there. I now see making disciple makers. I see it on every page. And, and there's all the difference in the world. Yeah, explain that difference, the well, difference between a, dis, uh, a disciple and a disciple maker. Yeah, well, when you make disciples, you grow by addition. When you make disciple makers, you grow by multiplication. Okay. That's a great and multiplication always trumps addition. Okay, it takes a little time to get going. You've heard the old illustration, add a dollar a day for 30 days, you get $30. Multiply, double a dollar a day for 30 days. 
it's in the millions. Mm-hmm. However, it takes a few days for it to get going. Right. So it's a little slow on the front end, which is one reason why it doesn't hasn't caught on in the United States, because we want everything yesterday. Okay, and that probably works to our disadvantage. Yeah. David, uh, answer this one because we've been wrestling with it. Give us your best shot at this. What is a disciple? If we're called to, and I'm, I'm intrigued with this because we're measuring nickels and noses in America, and that's okay, but the higher ground is to measure disciple-making. What is a disciple, and how do we know if they're becoming one? I'll tell you what our definition is, okay. what we go by. We would say a disciple is someone who lives like Jesus and leads others to do the same. Whew. Now, let me, I lo- I love let, that. me, let me break that down. Living like Jesus would be the great commandment. Love God, love people. Jesus loved his Father. He loved people. Yes. We would say if you love God and you love people, that kind of takes care of just about everything. But we add in that the great commission part. So it's the great commandment and the great commission because Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And I was listening to the, uh, the, your broadcast a little earlier today and uh, going through that list of what the pastor said, I don't think evangelism was on there. If it was, I didn't catch it. It wasn't, it was not. And, and usually when you look at discipleship and I don't even like that word, but when you look at discipleship, material in the United States, if there's 10 lessons, evangelism is going to be lesson number eight or nine, or maybe lesson number 10. Where do you put it? We put it at the very beginning. (laughs) Jesus said, follow me, I will make you fishers of Of men. Immediately he said that. Andrew first found his own brother, Peter. The woman at the well hadn't even kicked the guy out yet she was living with. And she's reaching the whole town. The demoniac of Gadara 10 minutes earlier, he's naked, full of demons. And now Jesus says, go home and tell your friends what I've done for you. I got chills right now. Uh, Lydia, the jailer, his whole family gets baptized before, before the sun comes up. And so um, we, we would say, when does a candle give off light? The candle doesn't have to say, I got to go through six months of uh, light bearing training. The can- you light the candle, it gives off light. That's We've got God inside of us. We should be, it ought to be obvious. But so we, we would say it's living like Jesus and leading others to do the same. And that would be what we, how we would define it. Dr. David Nelms, our guest right now, he serves as founder and president of TTI. That's the Timothy Initiative. We are going to have a link here, guys, because not only are you going to want to take a look at how they're doing it, you might want to even fund what they're doing. And I'll tell you why. As we look at what's going on in Afghanistan, David, and we see what's going on around the world, a decentralized, underground, spiritual movement as opposed to a, having been a megachurch pastor, I'm not totally against them. I actually think there's a lot of validity to getting large groups together. But it seems to me if we're going to reach this world for Jesus, we got to have a smaller, broken down, decentralized approach. Am I blowing smoke? No, that's a book of Acts. I asked myself one day, how did they go from one church in Jerusalem, Acts 2, to Rome, Italy, Acts 28, which was the capital city of the ends of the earth at that time? And they did it in 30, 35 years. And they didn't have a phone. They didn't have a microphone. They didn't have a radio. They didn't have a Moody. They didn't have a Bible college. They didn't have a Bible yet. The Bible wasn't completed. Oral tradition. Yeah, it was oral tradition and and it was grassroots. It was Paul training Timothy, who trained faithful people, who trained others also. Which is 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
Uh, coming up with more with Dr. David Nelms, I want to ask him about this three-phase process. So if the goal here is to make disciples who make disciples, what's the three-phase process they use to make that possible? Got to get it. That's coming up straight ahead. We have Dr. David Nelms with us, founder and president of the Timothy Initiative. It's a church planning ministry. Okay, so there's this three-phase process to making disciples who make disciples, initiate, establish, expand. What does that mean? Yeah, well, basically, it's a what we do is we, tr- we, we focus on the local church. I believe the local church is the front lines. We train Pauls, who are pastors, who in turn recruit members of their churches that we call Timothys. We train the Pauls. When I say we, national leaders, indigenous people train the Pauls, who in turn train the Timothys. The Timothys in turn go out and lead people to Christ, Mm -hmm. and they begin discipling those people. So the Timothy has his own Timothy or her own Timothy. And we just call that next generation Titus so we know who it is. So it's three trainings going on at the same time. It's an old school apprenticeship, iron on iron, highly relational process. It's Paul taking Timothy under his wing and saying, go with me in Asia Minor for, I don't know, a couple of years, short-term trip. By the time Timothy gets back, Paul has rubbed off on Timothy. Timothy has become Paul. That's why he can now do the same thing with others. And we added a curriculum in there because we do believe there needs to be depth. Uh, There needs to be a solid foundation. It seems to me, David, that a lot of the successful areas around the world where this is happening seems to be running parallel to some pretty stiff persecution. Mm -hmm. Is it almost requisite to have a level of persecution, to have abundance spiritually? Is that our problem stateside here? Well, that's one of our problems. We have a few. Uh, It's a persecution will certainly separate the, if I can say the men from the boys. Yep. Uh, But, you know, we're getting killed here in the United States. Why? Well, there are several reasons. Uh, But one major reason, and and I I don't want to come across as criticizing the church. The church is the bride of Jesus. Yes. And you got to be careful what you say about a guy's wife. Absolutely. You know what? That's well put. (laughs) Uh, But it was was hit pretty hard in the book of Revelation at times. Well, it was. It was. But I think a major problem, maybe not the, but a major problem is we've been focusing on making disciples and not on making disciple makers, which means there is, there's little growth. Hold it, hold it. So you're saying we're stopping short. We should go bigger rather. We're playing small ball. We should play big ball. Yeah. We we base the great, we say the great commission is making disciples based on Matthew 28, 19, but we don't read the next verse which says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Them as the new believer. Well, he just commanded them to make disciples, the previous verse. So the Great Commission is more than making disciples. It's making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Okay, I got so many questions. How do you keep that? Because uh, temperature in the room is an important thing. And we've often heard it said, you better be white hot for Jesus if you want these blue hot for Jesus and then these yellow hot for Jesus. How have you seen the Holy? I know it's the Holy Spirit's work, but how do we uh, make a way that the Holy Spirit keeps this whole process white hot? How do how do we keep it from just falling off the cliff to two people away? Well, we the Holy Spirit is key. Okay, 
and, central. And, yes. Uh, in our training, the very first lesson of the very first book is how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, see, that's huge. Okay. Yeah. The very first lesson of the very first book. Jesus, his very last words, last words, important. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Couldn't agree. And then he said this, and you will be my, not small group members or church attenders or he said, and you will be my witnesses. Jesus directly connected witnessing to the coming of the Holy Spirit. Well, it happened. Peter went from a shriveling violet to a bold lion of a man by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Carl, the stat is, this is from the Billy Graham Association, 95% of born-again American Christians will go to their grave without ever having led a single person to Jesus Christ. It's heartbreaking. And that is, the, see, disciple-making begins with evangelism. You can't grow into Christ-likeness until you've been born into his family. Whew. It begins with evangelism, and we're not, ev- the best, best case is people are inviting their friends to church to hear the pastor give the gospel. The pastor is supposed to be equipping those people to go out where they live, work, study, shop, and play, and lead people to Christ. And then that person should disciple the new believer themselves. Wow. Now, this work is happening in areas of the world where there's few Bibles. There's not a lot of church buildings. So you don't emphasize that church building structure. These are churches that are meeting on mountaintops and hillsides. Yeah, we're... planting churches among 900 different UPGs, unreached people groups. Mm-hmm. And some of these places is so legal. If you build a building, they're going to blow it up or burn it down. So we meet in a cave, on a rooftop, in an alley, somebody's house under a tree, wherever we can find to meet. In many cases, they don't have Bibles. In many cases, they've never seen a Bible. They don't know what it is. Amazing. And, and this is what's heartbreaking to me. They're not rejecting Jesus. They don't know who he is. And they don't know who he is because nobody's ever told them. And the last thing Jesus said, ends of the earth. Last words of his mouth, ends of the earth. It's been 2,000 years. We need to up the game a little bit. There's so many questions I have. Lord, help me get the right one here. The person listening right now, we're going to give you a link here in just a moment because I'm telling you right now, some of the greatest spiritual leaders in this city brought this man in, David Nelms, to say, ask him, how are we going to get this going? And, and some of them say, how are we going to fund your efforts? We'll give you a link in a moment. But w- how shall we then live? What do you say to us right now, David? Well, we've, we've got to get back to, to the, the scriptures, the New Testament. I, I would challenge your listeners, Carl, go back and read the book of Acts again very slowly, take off your cultural lenses. Don't interpret the book of Acts through what you've understood church to be, but just read it for what it says. And then our church planting book is the book of Acts. We tell our our people, (laughs) read the book of Acts and don't tweak anything. Don't tweak it. Just do exactly what it says. The Bible is the only cross-cultural book ever written. It will work everywhere. David Nelms and uh, guys, there's so much more where this comes from. How do they find this? Well, it's called the Timothy Initiative. So just text the word Tim. We made it easier for you. Just text Tim, T-I-M, to 312 274 
9624. This will get you to the website. You can learn a little bit more about the ministry, how you can be a supporter. Just text Tim to 312-274-9624. David Nelms, I need I need you to know something, brother. I love you. We have just begun a friendship. We're going to keep this going. I can assure you right now, as long as there's breath in my lungs and I'm on this show, you are going to be in here. You're on the frequent flyer club. You don't have a chance, <laughs> a choice. Hey, I love Chicago. It's my favorite city. Yeah, well, you're going to keep coming back, David. Amen. We love you and thank you. Thank you, Carl. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Yeah, we got him, pastor and president of Moody Bible Institute, pastor for many years, and uh, got a heart for the gospel big time. What if I told you, Boom Crew, we were going to take this beyond our four walls and all around the globe? We've got Mark Job with us right now. He is the host of the program Bold Steps, which you hear on Moody Radio. Uh, we're going to be doing something tomorrow. You've already heard little snippets. Uh, we're partnering with Transworld Radio uh, to bring the gospel through radio to some of of these places in in Africa and also in Asia. Well, Mark, good morning to you, my man. Hey, good morning. Hey, I have to say, I was just in Nashville, uh, uh, flew back yesterday, <clears throat> and um, I, I have to say that I, I was at this event, speaking at uh, Operation Mobilization event, and this guy came up to me and he said, I'm from New Jersey, and I listen to Carl and crew every morning from New Jersey. So I want to give a shout out to Charles yeah. Schottmeyer, who from New Jersey, every morning he listens to Carl oh. and crew. Hey, that's great. I love it. I love it. That That is super <laughs> encouraging. And by the way, Boom Crew, you might be wondering, well, how's that happen? Well, the mobile app and uh, listening online is happening all around the globe. Yes. And uh, that's, that's how just he does it. great indication right there. Speaking of around the globe, Mark, we've got an opportunity and a half. Trans World Radio is pumping, and I was looking at some of the details here. They got a 150,000-watt AM antenna. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, that thing can peel paint if you're within a kilometer of that <laughs> stick. Um, but that's power, and they're they're getting the gospel out. We're getting, we're getting bold with bold steps. We're going to take a lot of your broadcasts. We're going to pump these out to... Uh, areas, and I was featuring right before you came on here, Mark, into Nigeria. Northern Nigeria is a hellish place for oh, yeah. for um, anyone who claims the name of Jesus. There are groups, radical groups, um, systematically eliminating Christians from that portion of the country. But the beautiful thing about TWR is they can take bold steps in this bold gospel message in where sometimes people can't go, Mark. That's right, Carl. And so we started broadcasting into areas of Africa last year, and some of these are high concentrations of Muslims, and it's just encouraged us. We have had a phenomenal response of people hearing the gospel over the radio saying, I'm coming to Jesus. Like this, this is a listener from Mozambique. It says this, many people here have been impacted with your programs and that today as I'm speaking, my wife and I have decided to follow this Jesus you are talking about every day. My wife and I were Muslims before, and through listening to your programs have changed our lives, and we have joined the Church of Jesus Christ. This is just wow. a recent wow. testimony. I got another testimony of a woman that said, my husband is a devout Muslim. When he goes to work, I turn on the radio and I listen to the Christian programming. 
I don't know how how to tell my husband I'm interested in Christianity, so please pray for me. Mm. So here's a woman that's, you know, she would never be able to go to a church, never be able to just drop by a church or a Bible study. But because the airwaves get into her building, her house, she listens to it and doesn't know how to tell her, her Muslim husband. And Carl, you said in Nigeria, I was just uh, a taxi driver took me to the airport this past week. And he's from Nigeria, and he was he was echoing the same thing that you're saying. He said there is a battle for the heart of Nigeria. I mean, there is some radical, very atrocious things happening right now, battling between Islamic forces and Christianity. And uh, we don't always know in this country uh, how much access we have to the gospel and how there are countries and people all over the world that have never clearly heard the gospel presented. And that's what this bold step effort is all about. So, uh, Mark, give us a uh, just kind of a little bit of an overview. What is bold steps for those maybe who don't listen to other parts of the day? What do we mean when we're talking about bold steps to the programming? So, by the way, I love your theme, Bold Steps. Yes, that's a great theme that you guys have been <laughs> focusing long, on yeah. all week long. I, I, I love it. Um, so Bold Steps is a teaching program that uh, featuring teaching that I do here in Chicago. But it's it's Bible teaching, but with the gospel fused into practically every message at heart, I'm a Bible teacher, but I'm an evangelist. And I've literally seen thousands of people come to Christ here in Chicago. Uh, Two weeks ago, we saw 25 uh, people respond and give their lives to Christ at our church services. These were uh, Venezuelan asylum seekers that we reached out to a minister that are coming to Chicago. But we have seen tons of people here. And so I grew up on the mission field. My father is buried in this uh, uh, just north of the city that he devoted his life to evangelize when there was no churches there. Now there's a bunch of churches and hundreds of believers. And so Bold Steps is that program that we're just trying to get via the airwaves into just started broadcasting in Africa, but there's an opportunity to go to a lot more places around the world. And so it's really an evangelistic tool to help expose people to the gospel and help them grow in Christ. Yeah, Boom Crew, tomorrow and Wednesday, we're going to we're going to leverage resources to the glory of God. And the goal here is to reach ready for this Boom Crew, 230 million people with this Hmm. bold gospel message. And, you know, Mark is a lot of things. But I'll tell you, at the end of the day, Mark is a gospel man. Yeah. Right, Mark? You're a gospel man. I mean, come on, boil it down. That's it. You're a gospel man. My and, thrill, yeah. my thrill, Carl, is to see people come to Jesus. That's that's what I love doing. My greatest delight is to put my arm around someone with tears running down their face as I explain uh, the salvation message and the saving power of Jesus. And so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up the phone lines and open up the coffers and we're going to fill them up tomorrow and Wednesday and our goal is to get this message out on TWR, Trans World Radio. Great guys. We're going to have Lauren Libby in here with us tomorrow and Wednesday. We're going to have a sweet time hearing stories, casting vision for what it might look like for us here at 90.1, you and the Boom Crew to say, I want a, I want a chunk of this action. And a lot of us feel like, 
Boy, I, I don't know that I can uh, be on mission and go to missions. That is, there's a Greek word for that, baloney. <laughs> we're all on mission. Um, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We're all on mission. Some plant, some water, some harvest. But sometimes the planting of the gospel is done via the airwaves, and it's happening powerfully. It's happening for you right now as you're listening to us. This is, this is the gospel going out right now to you. And imagine this going out in so many different languages. By the way, quickly, Mark, how is this contextualized into the languages? Does TWR, how do they handle all that? How does all that work? Well, we're targeting to begin with uh, English-speaking areas, okay. and so that's why Nigeria, Singapore, parts of urban parts of Malawi. And, you know, I wasn't sure that it would translate culturally when we first started, but about a week after broadcasting, we got a message from someone in um, uh, uh, um, the Yao Muslim people, and he said this. He said, <clears throat> I've seen that you have a message for the Yao Muslims. More especially, the way you've presented the new program of Dr. Mark Joe Boldsteps. You do understand quite well, for I have no other objection. And so he went on to say, you understand the Yao people. I'm like, hey, I barely know where the Yao people are. <laughs> Yet it's the power of the gospel of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that cuts right through culture and speaks to people's hearts. And I thought, wow, that's encouraging. This guy says, you really understand the Yao people. No, Jesus really understands the Yao people and is able to take the message and speak right to the heart. Beautiful. If you want some additional details, go to moodyradio.org. You'll be hearing a lot more of this over the last or the next couple days. We'll give you phone numbers and all of that. But go to moodyradio.org. You can go ahead and give now. Moodyradio.org. Mark, we love you. Thank you, man. And we'll be talking even with you tomorrow as we kick this thing off, okay? All right. See you tomorrow. God bless. Blessings on you. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew as we help you take your next step with Jesus. You're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.